Hi guys, welcome back to the Balanced and Empowered Fitness Podcast. Hannah Polly here. Hope you guys are all having a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I This idea was inspired because this is a question that I get asked often, whether it's from like a stranger or from a friend or a family member, you know, essentially from people who I don't really have any background information on. So what I want to cover today are just the basic tips of things to implement to start losing weight. Because like I said, all the time I get asked these questions, you know, from someone who I don't know, or like I said, someone who I don't have a lot of background information on, you know, what should I do to lose weight? Because the thing is, is like, I have no idea how much this person's currently eating. I have no, how I have no idea how much they're currently moving, what their daily intake looks like, you know, what their stress, their sleep is like all these things. And, you know, typically with weight loss is you have to have to have a good understanding of where you're currently at and make changes from there, right? So for example, when I take a client on, I get all this info, right? I find out how much they're currently eating, how much water they're currently drinking, what medications and stuff they're on, what their exercise level looks like, you know, what their average step intake looks like, what their, I'm sorry, not step intake, but step count looks like, what their sleep quality is like, all these things, because I take all that information and I build on top of that, because you have to meet people at where they are and build on top of that um, to make it realistic and doable. So, so obviously when someone asks these questions, I don't have all that info, right? Most of the time people have no idea how much they're eating. And if they say a random number, it's typically not correct. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to give tips for those of you who are listening, just, you know, just basic six basic tips that I would tell a stranger if they said, Hey, Hannah, tell me a few things what I should do to lose weight. Because these few things can take you a really long way without having any background. Like it's very general information, but this isn't typically stuff that like you'll find online um, as far as like just the basics and why these are so important. So let's dig in. Now I will say the most important aspect of losing weight foremost is just ensuring that you're in a calorie deficit, right? So ensuring that you are consuming less than you're burning, you're eating less than you previously were, or you're moving more than you previously were. So, you know, my tip is, like I said, obviously with my clients, I get a good idea of where they're currently eating and I put in like what their activity level is like, and then I put them in a calorie deficit from there, from what they're currently doing. So obviously with these people who I don't know, or maybe if you're listening, you know, I don't know how much you're currently eating making sure that you're in a calorie deficit. Now, if you're someone who tracks food, I mean, I hate to ever use this option, but it's going to help you at least give you a little bit of a tool is look online, like look online, like macro calculator and find like a calorie deficit and type in your info. Like, again, that's going to be very general information, but it's going to give you a general idea if you're someone who's looking to track your food. Now, this episode is really for those of you who really don't know how to track food or you're, you're just not really like, wanting to do that right now. And that's perfectly fine. Like we can start with these basic tips, but like I said, the four and foremost of be of losing weight is being in a calorie deficit, but these tips I'm going to tell you, this is going to help you get into a deficit without tracking your food. <laughs> so let's dig in. Hope that makes sense. So, and these are in, in this order, there's no specific order of like more importance to less important. These are all honestly equally important. So the first one here that I would tell a stranger, if they asked me what they should do to lose weight, drink more water. Most of the time, most people are not getting enough water. 
water is it's essential um you know our body is mostly made up of water like we we have to consume water to stay hydrated to keep you know some of our vital organs working properly and functioning properly keep our metabolic health working properly um but also too with like more water a lot of people think oh the more water i drink the more i'm going to like hold you know um you, i'm sure you guys have heard of like water retention and whatnot but no that's actually the opposite so like if you eat like a high sodium meal it's good to like drink water to ensure that you're flushing that excess water retention out if you eat a really high sodium you eat really high sodium and you, you drink very little water you are going to feel like you're blowing up like a balloon because your body is retaining all that water there's no water coming in to help flush that out so drink more water. It also helps aid in digestion, which can help with getting regular bowel movements, which can, which can also help with weight loss and bloating. Um, I'm sorry, de-bloating as well. So um, I would say a good general rule of thumb is trying to get to a place you're eating over a hundred, I'm sorry, you're drinking over a hundred ounces of water daily. So now it's a little different for each person. Again, if a client comes to me, because that's one of the questions I ask them, how much water are you currently drinking? If they say like they don't really know or like if they're barely drinking any water at all, I'm not going to be like, okay, start drinking 100 ounces of water a day, right? Like I'm going to slowly work them up to drinking an adequate amount. So if you're someone who doesn't drink a lot of water a day, start with something smaller, like try shooting for 60 or 70 ounces a day. Get like one of those, if you, you can find them on Amazon at stores, like a 60 or 70 ounce water bottle, fill it up at the beginning of the day, make sure it's gone by the end of the day, do that for at least four weeks and slowly work your way up to getting a hundred ounces a day. Now, some people need more than a hundred ounces a day. You know, it just depends on their activity level. If someone's working a very laborious, hard labor job and they're sweating a lot each day, they're going to need probably more than a hundred ounces a day. Most of the time they're going to need like a gallon of water, which is like 128 ounces um, for a gallon. So if you can slowly work your way up to hundred ounces, if you become very active, you know, you're sweating a lot more, you're starting to exercise more, you're outside more slowly bumping that up to get up to a gallon a day would be ideal for most people who become more active. But like I said, in general, if I had to give a very general amount, I'd say over hundred ounces a day is great. So that concludes our first one. So the second one here, which is oh, one of the most underrated and one of the most important things that we need to consume is more fiber, more fiber. And this is just not talked about enough. So fiber intake is one of the most important things that we can optimize. Um, so essentially, and I'm sure that most of you guys listening to this, you know, with fiber, it helps you have regular bowel movements, right? It bulks up stool. It helps you have this regular bowel movements. It helps with constipation. You know how miserable it is if you're constipated, right? It's the worst. You feel bloated. You're probably having some gas pains. Your stomach hurts. You know, your pants aren't buttoning the way they should. Like it, it really sucks to not be regular. And something I've learned over the years of coaching is that so many people are not getting to the bathroom regularly. Like at least once a day, you should be pooping for most. I mean, I'd say for 99% of the population, you should be pooping pretty much every day. Um, and also the consistency of that matters too, but obviously we're not going to go that uh, go into that today, but more fiber. So there's a few benefits of fiber here. So first off, like I said, it helps with digestion. It helps avoid constipation, helps you get to the bathroom more regularly. Number two is, you know, fiber is derived through nutrient dense foods, which I'm going to go over some of those. So if you, if I tell a stranger like, Hey, you need to get more fiber into your intake. Here's some high fiber choices that you can start putting implementing into your daily intake the thing with these 
these car these fiber sources are they're nutrient dense typically they're slower for the body to digest so what that means is first off you're going to feel more satisfied more full throughout the day if you're eating an adequate amount of fiber versus if you're not eating enough fiber because of these foods that fiber is derived from like I said, they're nutrient dense, the way that the body digests and breaks them down, it's a little bit slower of a process. So you're going to feel more satisfied with your food intake. You're less likely to overeat. You're less likely to binge eat when you're getting an actually getting an adequate amount of fiber intake. And most people are not getting enough fiber. And, you know, so it, it, what it can do is it can help control your appetite, help control portions, and you're less likely to overeat on those like snacky foods or sweets or foods when you get home versus if you're under eating all day, not really eating nutrient dense foods and foods that don't really fill you up and help you feel full longer, you're more likely to overeat, which of course is going to, is not going to work in your favor with weight loss. Another thing with fiber too, is it, your body actually burns more calories digesting fiber. I was reading about a study how fiber helps our good gut bacteria. You guys, most of you probably know, you probably have heard like our, your gut microbiome, like we have microorganisms living in our gut, right? And which is the gut is like the powerhouse. Like if your gut health is off, other things are going to be off with your health and your mindset. You're going to have brain fog. There's so many other things. We could, I could do a whole other episode on that, but fiber actually helps these microorganisms thrive where you actually, because fiber helps these microorganisms, <laughs> pretty much your good gut bacteria thrive in moving and doing what they're supposed to, your body actually burns more calories when you're eating fiber. And I just, um, I knew fiber was important, but I actually did not know that about fiber until like a few months ago, I was reading this study and I'm like, that is so interesting. So, I mean, fiber is obviously really important, but it is one of the most important things that we can consume and most people aren't consuming enough of it. So a good amount of fiber for those of you who do track food for women. And, and it's going to be a little dependent for each person, you know, because obviously if you eat too much fiber, you're going to feel a little gassy. You need to kind of work up to that. Um, but a good rule of thumb for fiber for women are between like 25 to 30 grams. If you can stay more on like the 30 gram range, like a little bit higher, the better. And for men, it's a little bit higher, typically between like 35 and 38 grams daily. So how do you get fiber? What foods drive from fiber? So things like whole grains. So like whole grain breads, you know, if you go to the store, instead of getting white bread or like white English muffins, get whole grain breads, whole grain English muffins. The best bread you can get is Ezekiel bread. It's in the frozen section of grocery stores. You have, it's refrigerated because there's no preservatives in it. It's actually a flourless bread. So like it'll go bad if it's not kept refrigerated because there's no preservatives. So that's what I eat. I've been eating Ezekiel bread for almost a decade. <laughs> And it's, it's great. I just, I just recommend you toast it if you eat it. Cause it's a lot thicker than regular bread. I'll toast it. I'll put some like, um, avocado on it, or I will like, I'll make avocado toast or I'll do like natural peanut butter, sugar-free jelly. You can, you can do whatever you want, but Ezekiel bread is great loaded with fiber. So like I said, whole grains, um, carb sources like sweet potatoes, which sweet potatoes are great. Cause again, they're low glycemic. They are loaded with nutrients. They're going to be slower for the body to digest. It's going to help keep you fuller longer. Great for those of those people who are like maybe pre-diabetic or you're type two diabetic. Like it's really good to have those carb sources that are low glycemic. Um, foods like oatmeal, quinoa. Now, if you do oatmeal, I, I always try to recommend staying away from the sugary oatmeal and doing more like plain oatmeal. Cause you can make plain oatmeal taste really good. So if you do like plain oats you could do put some sugar-free syrup in there I just use like a minimal amount 
you can cut up some strawberries, put some cinnamon in there, maybe even put some like um, natural stevia sweetener in there, mix it all together. It tastes freaking good. <laughs> and there's no sugar besides the sugar from the strawberries, but that's like natural sugar. Like that's, that's fine versus getting the kind that has all those like refined sugars. So oatmeal is great. Quinoa, um, fruits, vegetables, and like all fruits, really rat berries are loaded with fire. Berries are great because they're a very low calorie, uh, high volume food. You can eat a lot of berries without adding a ton of calories, you know, where it doesn't put you out of a calorie deficit, but also it's loaded with fiber and nutrients. So, but all fruits are great. All fruits have fiber, most of them. And in the most fiber loaded plant foods, uh, I'm sorry, the most fiber loaded foods are whole plant foods. So your legumes, right? Um, beans, lentils, chickpeas, stuff like that. So, those are one of the best things you can implement, you know, and I feel like since we were young, we've always heard like, oh, beans make you fart. <laughs> it's because beans are loaded with fiber. Um, so if you can try to incorporate more beans into your life, I like to do like, I like to add like some black beans um, into like with my chicken and rice. You can almost think like you're like a homemade Chipotle bowl uh, doing like lentils, things like that, man. If you can get at least like two servings of those a day, along with you know, making sure you're getting whole grains and fruits and vegetables in, like you're most likely going to be getting in enough fiber intake as long as you're eating at least three meals a day. So yes. Yeah, so those are the most like high fiber foods. Um, and like I said, between 25 to 30 grams for women, if you can stay more in the 30 gram range and for men between like 35 and 38 grams, sometimes a little bit more, it just kind of depends on the person. Sometimes you might feel a little bit gassy when you first start eating more fiber, but your body will adapt and adjust. it just kind of takes some time to get there. You just don't want to like shoot that intake up because you might feel a little bit gassy this that first week. <laughs> but with time between the adequate fiber intake and the adequate water intake, you are going to feel such a difference. You're going to feel way less bloated because of, again, with having that fiber goal daily, you're going to be, you're going to, you're kind of forced to choose more nutrient dense carb sources. Like I was talking about. Um, and a lot of times fibers derive from those complex carbohydrates, which again, are just carbs that are like slower to digest. So, you know, your carbs from like a piece of candy versus carbs from like a piece of whole grain bread are totally different. Like candy, you're going to digest quickly. It's going to go right through you. It's not really any satiety there. You're going to be hungry literally right away versus if you eat like, you know, a sandwich with whole grain bread, you're going to be a little bit more fulfilled. So more fiber, one of the most important factors there. And most of the, most people, I think it's like 97% of people are not getting enough fiber, which is actually so crazy. So bump up that fiber. <laughs> okay. Next more protein. So protein is one of the most under eaten macronutrients as well. And of course, with your macronutrients, you have protein, carbs, and fats. They all provide a specific benefit for the body. They all have a specific function. And I just hate when people, like if anyone ever says to you, oh, you're eating too much protein to lose weight or eating too much protein is going to make you bulky. Please know that like, not trying to be mean, but that person has no idea what they're talking about. So please don't let them get to you. And most of the time, most people, it would be really, really hard to overeat on protein because protein, it's not the easiest macronutrient to hit. It's like overeating on, on, you know, chicken breast and ground turkey and egg whites and protein shakes. Like you're most likely not overeating on this. If someone's overeating, it's because they're probably eating too many fats or carbs. That's usually how it is. Or just like overall calorie intake. But usually protein's not the issue of why someone <laughs> is gaining weight or like has gained weight. 
So, and the thing with protein too, if you can implement more protein into your day, it's, you're going to feel fuller longer. The way that the body digests protein, it's going to, it's a little bit slower of a process. So it's going to typically tide you over more. So again, if you're eating higher protein than you were, you're going to feel more full, which is going to lead to less likely overeating or binge eating, right? Because if if you're feeling more sustained and satisfied with your meals and not feeling super hungry, you're less likely to overeat on those like, you know, carbs and fats and things like that. Also with protein, there's a thermogenic effect to it because your body actually burns 30% more calories digesting protein than it does carbs or fats. Um, So it's like you're literally burning more calories by eating protein, (laughs) more protein. (laughs) And like I said, when you eat more protein, you're less likely to over consume on, you know, more snacky foods or maybe the foods that aren't like, you know, the healthiest for us, which typically is what leads to weight gain, of course, is like overeating the wrong types of foods or overeating just in general. If you overeat in calories in general, you're going to be gaining weight, but most of the time people aren't overeating on the right food. It's typically like candy and chips and pizza and, and red meats, you know, things like burgers and, and stuff like that. So more protein. Now, when I say protein, I'm saying sources like eggs, egg, egg whites, chicken breast, chicken tenderloins, ground turkey, turkey breast, um, ground beef. I would try to stay on the leaner side of ground beef just to cut, avoid a lot of the like more higher saturated fats. So um, like 93% lean ground beef or like 96% lean ground beef. Um, whey protein shakes are great. Obviously like a protein shake is like an ultra processed food, which I'm going to go over whole foods and things like that here soon. Um, but even like protein shakes, uh, Oikos, Greek yogurts. I love Oikos, Greek yogurts. You guys are probably seeing those in the store because there's some that are 15 grams of protein. There's the Oikos Pros are 20 grams of protein in a little cup of yogurt, which is awesome. Um, cottage cheese, you can even do like low fat cottage cheese, um, you know, things like that. And, and if you're like plant-based, again, you can do plant-based protein shakes. You can do like higher um, protein carb choices, like protein pasta, um, chickpeas. Um, you can even add in beans. Beans are obviously like they have carbs, but also do have some more protein in them. Um and like tofu and and stuff like that. So more protein. Now, if you're someone who tracks food, typically for someone, you want to be between 0.75 to 0.1 gram, or I'm sorry, 0.75 pounds. Oh my gosh, please forgive me. I cannot talk today. 0.75 grams to one gram per pound of body weight for protein. Now, so let me give you an example. I am 155 pounds. I'm eating at least 155 grams of protein a day. Because I've been doing this for so long, I actually eat more than that. I eat, I weigh 155, I'm eating 175 grams of protein. Now, someone who's a beginner, I'm typically not gonna like overload them above body weight protein intake to for the start, right? Like I need to help them build them back up. Because typically from experience, when a client comes to me, I have them track their food for a few days to see what they're currently eating, where they're currently ending. Typically people are eating very low protein. So obviously, you know, if someone weighs 220 pounds and they're only eating 50 grams of protein a day, usually I'm not going to just be like, okay, start eating 220 20 grams of protein a day. Like that's not realistic. That's really unneeded. So I'll slowly work them up to that. But if you can work yourself up to a place where you're getting to like 0.75 uh, gram to one gram per pound of body weight, that's a really good place to be. Um, so yeah, protein, protein, protein. And again, if you're someone who doesn't track food, 
what you want to try to do is incorporate, you want to make sure they're eating three meals a day. You need to get breakfast in. I don't care what anyone says. You need breakfast unless you're on, there are some health conditions where like some people do fasting and maybe they don't eat until later in the day. That's not the general population, but there are some. So um, this is just, like I said, this is general information. I would tell like a stranger that I don't have any background info to um, in, info for. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, at least making sure that in that breakfast, lunch, dinner, you have a protein source in every meal. So for example, in the morning, don't just eat a bowl of cereal or don't just eat oatmeal, right? Pair a protein source with that. If you're going to eat cereal, at least eat some eggs with it. One egg, one whole egg, three or four egg whites. And then for lunch, don't just eat like a salad, add some meat in there. You know, if you're trying to make healthier choices, adds, you know, if you get a salad with all these like nuts and stuff on it, that's fine. But like, Throw some, throw at least like four or five ounces of chicken breast on there or salmon. Um, and for dinner, you know, making sure you get a good protein source. Which I feel like most people for dinner do. Typically, you always have some type of like red, like so, like ground beef, like burgers or something, or steak or chicken or something like that. But again, like instead of just having pasta, make sure you have some type of protein source with it. Right? Throw some chicken in there, some grilled chicken. <laughs> Uh, so just making sure that in each meal, you want to think of protein as like the main, the main character of each meal. Okay. So, you know, I always say like, if you picture your breakfast on a plate, you want like half, at least like a third, or I'm sorry, a half to a fourth of at least, at least a fourth of a protein source. If you can get to a place where you're half, that's amazing. Same with lunch, making sure you really overload the protein at lunch. Same with dinner. Because again, like I said, with getting more protein in, you are going to be, your body's going to burn more calories, digesting it. You're going to feel a lot more satiety in your appetite. It's going to help with appetite control. You're less likely to overeat when you eat more protein because it's more filling. Um, so yeah, protein is king. And if anyone ever tells you it's overrated or that you shouldn't, that you're eating too much of it, please ignore them because most likely you're probably not eating enough of it. <laughs> Uh, and also the thing with protein too, is like, you know, for the, most of you listening to this, I feel like, cause most of my clients that come to me, you know, you guys, most of you want that lean toned physique that most strive for, right? So lean muscle mass, nice toned arms, nice toned legs, nice toned booty, flat stomach. Guess what? You have to build muscle to get that look. You can't just like run and run and not eat enough protein. You have to eat adequate protein. You have to, which I'm going to go over this later you have to strength train to help improve bone density and build muscle and you have to consume enough protein to ensure that you're repairing those muscle fibers that have been broken down during training it, it all goes hand in hand so protein eat more protein and like i said some protein sources here when i'm saying protein you know things like eggs i just went over these but um also seafood is great too so like seafood's great because typically like you're more fatty fish like salmon it's going to have omega 3s which are great for you but yeah seafood like salmon tilapia mahi mahi cod just make sure if you do fish don't do farm raised make sure that if you buy fresh or frozen that it's wild caught do not do farm raised i have read some horrendous things <laughs> about that so that could be a whole other topic but yeah just avoid farm raised at all costs okay so more protein now let's dig into the next so this kind of goes hand in hand with the fiber intake but more whole foods so when I say whole foods, I mean, cut back on processed foods, cut back on things that are packaged that have preservatives in them. So when you think of more whole foods, you want to think of things that are from the earth, right? So things like fruits, 
vegetables, right? Because they're all grown from the earth. Um, whole carbs like like rice, potatoes, right? Grown from the earth. Uh, lean meats. So, you know, again, like we talked about our protein sources there, chicken breast, ground turkey, turkey breast, lean ground beef, fish, seafood, uh, whole plant food. So again, your lentils, uh, beans, chickpeas, stuff like that, again, grown from the earth, derived from plants. And, you know, the thing with whole foods is like, you're going to feel so much better. A lot of these processed foods are making us feel like crap. They're making people feel like crap. They're, they're declining our energy levels. They're giving us brain fog. And I'm not obviously, I'm, you know, I'm realistic. I know that we all can't just eat complete whole foods 24 seven, but man, if you can get to a place where you're consuming at least like 90% whole foods, like you're going to be in a great place. And it just takes some time to get there. Uh, I've been doing this for freaking 12 years. And I feel like the last few years, I've finally gotten to a place where I'm eating like 90% whole foods. I could have done it earlier, you know, but, um, you know, again, we're human and I, I'm a big believer in eating foods that you love and not like making yourself miserable. But I actually love all my meals. I love all my whole foods. I feel good when I eat them. They taste good. It just takes some time to get to adapt and adjust and get like, find what you like. Cause like you have to like your meals. But anyway, that could be a whole other episode, <laughs> but like I said, some more whole foods and you want to think of ingredients here. Obviously macros are important. Looking at a food label, looking at the protein, carbs, and fats, but also look at the ingredients. You know, if you look at a box of jasmine rice, guess what? The the list, the ingredients is going to say jasmine rice <laughs> versus if you look at the box of like cereal, the ingredients list is so freaking long because of all the crap they put in there. Um, so ingredients matter. Typically the shorter the ingredients list, the better. So that's why, again, if you do kind of going back to like protein sources, raw chicken breast versus like frozen chicken breast if you compare the macros look the same right the protein carbs and fats but if you compare the ingredients the ingredients list on the frozen chicken breast is going to be so much bigger than the ingredients on the literally the ingredients in raw chicken is mostly going to say chicken breast <laughs> that's it and that's what you want so you want to find things that have less ingredients again things that aren't are less packaged and processed and things that are from the earth. I like it, I'm telling you, you're going to feel and look so much better if you can do that. If you can get to a place where you're eating at least 90% whole food, your, your life will change forever. So, so yeah. Um, and if you guys ever have any questions on any of this, I know this is a lot of info. Please, please shoot me a message. My socials are always linked below and I can always help. Okay. So like I said, more whole foods, less packaged processed foods, um, more movement. This is, this is huge. This is huge. So most of the time people aren't moving enough. Like our bodies are meant to be active and, you know, I get it. It's hard, especially for those of you who might work like, you know, a nine to five, if you're like in an office, you're sitting all day, it's hard. Cause most people, again, like I, I, most people are not moving enough. Um, so what I suggest is if you have like an Apple watch or a Fitbit or any type of like step tracker, don't use your phone because we don't have our phone in our hands at all times. It's never accurate, but some type of step tracker, start tracking your movement because the beautiful thing about like having a step goal is it just, it's a great way to ensure that you're hitting a daily movement goal and that you're moving your body enough. I am, I implement this with almost all my clients, all my clients have step trackers. And if you don't have like an Apple watch or a Fitbit, you can literally go on Amazon and find really cheap step trackers. Like I recommend it. It's always a good investment because again, it's hard to ensure that you're moving enough. If like you're really sedentary without that, at least to start what it does, it just kind of helps you build habits of moving more. So what I would suggest is if you have like a step tracker, just 
take you like wear it every day make sure you charge it at night you wear it all day long see where your average steps are most of the time people are under 5k a day which is not nearly enough um I say a good rule of thumb is move like again like I said if I was talking to a stranger I would say sorry I just hit my pen on my desk I talk with my hands so much <laughs> but if I would say listen you need to be moving at least eight to ten eight to ten thousand steps a day more on the 10,000 steps a day if you can. And so, like I said, set that step goal. But again, if you calculate your average, like I said, just wear it for a week. Don't do anything different. See where your steps average. If you're averaging like 4,000 steps a day, try to slowly work your way up. That's what I'll do with clients. So if someone's averaging 4,000 steps a day, I'm like, okay, let's start to try to hit six or 7,000 steps a day. Let's practice that. Let's see how consistent they get to doing it. You know, adding in walks, taking the stairs instead of elevators, taking the long way in stores, um, parking farther away in parking lots, you know, adding in walks like after work, before work, you know, at the gym, wherever they may be to help bump that movement up. And, you know, once they get to that place where they're hitting six or 7,000 steps a day consistently, okay, cool. Let's bump up to like nine or 10 K steps a day and keep like, sometimes you just have to work your way up because it's going to be your un- like unrealistic sometimes to go from like barely moving at all to hitting 10,000 steps a day consistently. Not saying it's not impossible, but it's like sometimes it just makes it more realistic and more in reach to slowly work your way up. So moving more. And like I said, get a step tracker. It's just a way to ensure that you're moving enough. And over time you're doing it, it just kind of helps you build the habit, right? Like clients, my clients, they start to just like, they just start to walk without even like, obviously they're still tracking their steps. They're like, it's just a habit now to walk after work or to get my walk in after my workout or to walk at my lunch break. So like I said, adding in walks in the morning, if you're a morning person um, at, on your lunch break, walking around the building, walking around outside, uh, taking walks after work, walking your dogs more, your dogs will love it too. <laughs> having that set routine. I mean, if you can get at least 30 minutes of walking in a day and it doesn't have to be like speed walking, you know, you can slowly work your way up to walking faster. Like that is a great place to be in um, as well. There's also, there's just so many ways to get more movement in, but just moving more, setting that step goal, trying to get to that place you're hitting at least eight to 10,000 steps a day. And last but not least, strength training. Oh my gosh. One of the most important things here. And if you didn't listen to my last episode, please give it a listen. But I go over just like, you know, as far as workouts, strength training's purpose is not to burn fat. Like a lot of people will like wear their watch and they're like, oh my gosh, I barely burn any calories during that strength training workout. You actually burn way less calories than you think when you strength train. That's not strength training's main purpose is to burn a ton of calories and be out of breath. Strength training's main purpose is to help increase your BMR by helping you build more lean muscle mass to get that toned look you all strive for, right? So for example, if you're sitting in your car listening to this right now, guess what? You're burning calories while you're listening to this because your body actually burns more calories at rest. A lot burns calories at rest. A lot of people think that we only burn calories when we're like doing cardio or exercising, but literally we're doing, we burn calories while we're breathing, while we're sitting here. Um, And so when you have more lean muscle mass on your frame, your body burns more calories at rest. So like I'm burning a lot more calories just sitting here doing this podcast than I would be if I didn't have as much muscle on my frame. Um, which again, which is great because first off, you're able to eat more food and stay leaner. Muscle is expensive for your body, as we like to say. So like you have to eat more of it to maintain it, more food to maintain it. And the more muscle you have, the leaner you're going to look, right? So 
um, strength training's purpose is to help you get stronger and help build that lean muscle mass. And again, I don't want that to scare you. People think that because they're strength training, they're going to get big bodybuilder, big, like, trust me, if it was that easy, everyone would have all these huge muscles. <laughs> We'd all have, like bodybuilders walking around. It is not possible as a natural person, especially a natural female to get huge, like to get just huge, bulky, big. It's, it's not possible. You, they'd have to do some type of enhancing drugs, probably eating a, a ungodly amount of calories every single day for years like it takes so much work than people realize um but as a natural female you know again most of us strive for that tone lean look that tone lean look you have to build lean muscle mass to achieve that look it's so important so you have to strength train to do that it's the only way to improve bone density the only way to build muscle and of course like i talked about earlier and you have to ensure that you're eating enough protein as well to help repair those muscle fibers. Because when we strength train, we're actually breaking those muscle fibers down and we need that protein and that rest and that water and that recovery to help build our muscles back up. And that's how the process works in simple terms. <laughs> so strength training. And another thing too, is like, you know, obviously a lot of people strength train for the physical benefits, which is great. Like that's why I started doing it, but it's like the more that you do it and the more that you learn, it's like, Strength training literally improves your quality of life 1000%. You have to think about with strength training, it's the only proven way to improve bone density. So what does that mean? It means, you know, if for someone who strength trains, you're going to be stronger later in life. You're less likely when you have more muscle on your frame, you're less likely to be 75 and fall and not be able to get up for hours, right? And you're less likely to, you know, you're, you're, you're going to add quality years to your life more than likely. Um, because again, you have built lean muscle mass and you've stayed active and that's really, really important. Like you're avoiding getting fragile. Um, it's really sad when I hear about, I've known people who have like fallen. Um, it's really unfortunate. I, I lost my grandma from her falling. And so like, it, it breaks my heart because, you know, we can avoid, these things later in life, mostly by improving bone density and, you know, being strong and adding quality years to our lives. Like I saw a video of this. He was like 90 years old, bending down, squatting, cleaning, driving. I think she was like 94. And I'm like, that is amazing. And she was strength training her life, like, you know, most of her life. And, and she really improved her bone density. So anyway, I could go on a whole tangent with this, but strength training is so important. Um, so I would try to implement you know, if you're brand new to strength training, start with like two days a week, um, like two like full body days, you know, you can go to a gym, you can maybe just get like invest in a pair of dumbbells. I've heard five below the store five below has dumbbells for literally $5. <laughs> so it can be always be a great place to start, whether you're at home, maybe you want to go into a gym. Um, if you don't have like a coach, which I recommend if you're listening to this and you're starting out, I would invest in a coach because it's just nice to do things the right way from the beginning. It saves you so much time and headache and having that support. It's, it's amazing. Like it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but if you don't, you know, if you're just not able to invest in that, or, you know, you're wanting to try things on your own, look up, like, just look up like uh, full body workouts for beginners. Like it's going to be really general and cookie cutter, but it's still going to be a good place to start. Follow those, get to a place where you're strength training at least two to four times a week consistently and your life is going to change forever. And like I said, listen to my previous episodes about working out and how to go about how to make the most out of your workouts by getting stronger, improving over time. Obviously, that's not what this episode's about today, but it's just really important to understand the intention of strength training and how to get the most of it. So it's really important. It goes so much deeper than just how 
awesome it makes you look. <laughs> That's a great benefit, but it also improves your bone density over time. And like I said, it can literally add quality years to your life. Um, I, I also want to mention, I told my clients this in our group chat, but it's so funny. This is like two weeks ago. I was walking and obviously we had a lot of ice here. Um, and I wiped out guys, I wiped out so hard on this ice. I was wearing these like tall heeled boots. I slipped. It was like a cartoon. I feel like I was falling for a million years and I landed straight on my freaking back. Like I have never fallen so hard in my life. I am not going to lie. And I played competitive basketball my whole life. I have never fallen that hard. And, <laughs> and like, I was thinking, I'm like, I got right back up. Like, and I'm like, man, I feel like if I was fragile and I didn't have the muscle in my frame that I do, I could have broke something. Like that's how freaking hard I felt. And it just felt really good. Like, you know, it, it's, it's so good to train for life and to not be fragile and to, and to fuel our body properly. And that's what doing all these things is going to do. It all goes hand in hand. Um, so yeah, these are, like I said, these are the main tips. It was hard to break it down into like six, <laughs> but another thing is like making sure that you're sleeping. It try to get to a place where you're sleeping seven, eight hours a night consistently. Sleep is one of the most underrated aspects of this journey. Um, but, you know, like I said, I wanted to kind of break it down and not list off too many things, but sleep is one of the most underrated things. You have to ensure that you're getting enough sleep. If you're not getting enough sleep, your body is going to fight against you. It is going to fight against you. It's going to impact your quality of life. It's going to impact your gut health, your digestion. And it's like, it, it can just be a really like bad cycle to be in. So trying to get to a place where you are prioritizing sleep, take magnesium before bed, um, have a good nighttime routine, limit screens before bed, and just try to get to that place. Where you're consistently getting seven, eight hours. So anyway, guys, I feel like this was info overload. I hope that this was helpful and I'm really excited about this episode. I think there was a lot of value here. And just, again, like I said, the basic things I would tell a stranger, you know, be in a calorie deficit, drink more water, eat more fiber, eat more protein, move more, implement more whole foods, cut out more processed foods, strength train two to four times a week, make sure you're sleeping seven, eight hours a night. Those basic things, if you can really master those and get better at those over time, you're going to, you're going to be unstoppable. <laughs> and that's, that's what I help my clients do. Honestly, I help them implement the basics and help them stay consistent to it, to a point where it just becomes a habit over time and, and they can do it forever to keep the results forever. So anyway, guys, I hope this was helpful. I am so excited about this episode. Please, please, if this was helpful, leave me a five-star review or share with someone who you feel like this could help. Um, or share to your story. If you feel like this was helpful, again, every share, every review makes the biggest difference, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And I really appreciate you guys' support and looking forward to next episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.